Welcome back to Conversations for the Good. Good morning, Dr. J. Good morning, Anna. How are you today? I'm doing great. You know, we're having a taste of spring this week, and I love this time of year. You know, coming out of that frigidness of winter, uh, the anticipation of warmer weather, the blossoms, hearing the birds chirping. For a lot of us, spring feels like a sense of rebirth. Um, you know, Dr. Jane, let's talk about how we can create these feelings at times other than spring. Well, you know, I have a favorite saying, Anna, that I, that I think might help. Uh, bloom where you're planted. And I didn't realize till just recently that this is from the New Testament, Corinthians. You know, and I appreciate you sharing that with me. You know, bloom where we're planted. Um, we've all heard it. And for some of us, we've used it you know, when we've gone through difficult times, or maybe we've shared it with friends or loved ones when they've been stuck or are struggling. Uh, but let's take a let's take a deeper look at it. You know, I'm no horticulturist, but I think there are components and givens to this that that really apply to all of us. So think about seedlings. I mean, seedlings are inherently equipped with genetic material. Uh, that allow them to evolve and grow to whatever their specific species happen to be with very distinct characteristics, you know, according to that particular species when they're, when they're full grown. Think about like the acorn, you know, it is hardwired. And with the, the right environment, it has every possibility to be an oak tree. Mm -hmm. And often seedlings only need a minimal amount of nurturing in nature to reach that potential, you know, that minimal nurturing like, oh, like um, uh, sunlight and water and dirt and, and you know, um, hopefully not, not, um, not too much uh, predatory kind of influences like squirrels, like the squirrels in my yard certainly had prevented me from having, you know, no additional oak trees. Yeah. So it's about looking at, at this piece, this inherent wiring. Yeah, under, you know, that's, I'm happy you brought that up because and I love that analogy as well. But, you know, under that supportive influences, that acorn is able to flourish and become that mighty oak. Yes. And, you know, Anna, the the word that is key here is flourish. Um, so taking the analogy, bloom where you're planted and applying it to us, you know, we're encoded with a certain potential. And during a lifetime, um, we may at times struggle, which allows us to survive. And at other times, we may thrive and grow. And at optimal times, we may flourish beyond anything that we've ever imagined and, and really um, realize that optimal self. Now, is this optimal self like the best and highest self that we've talked about? Yes. Yes, we consistently utilize that highest part of ourselves and in doing so, um, these inherent qualities, these inherent characteristics, could be aptitude or talents, you know, they, they really create our life with many of the gifts that are hardwired within us. Yeah, that's an interesting continuum that you're suggesting, you know, surviving, thriving, flourishing. Let's talk more about each one of these. 
Okay, well, let's start with surviving. I mean, this is when we struggle. Very often, it's um, it, it can be in difficult situations, hard times, um, you know, demands in our lives, that, you know, that surface, and often we're bogged down um, by whether it be the the task or the hard times, but also the uncertainties. Um, you know, how things are going to turn out. There's a lot of uncertainties as far as how things play out and how the circumstances will be, you know, when we land. Um, so we've probably all been there and we're, we feel depleted and we feel overwhelmed. Oftentimes we feel trapped, kind of white knuckling it through life. Um, sometimes it feels like life is careening out of control. We usually give surviving a bad rap. It's like almost, it feels like, um, like maybe we're doing something wrong or some failure, but when you consider the alternatives, like caving in, you know, it, it really is a win. I mean, something to be grateful for. I mean, think about it. I mean, I, I want to say, uh, blessed are the survivors, you know, mm -hmm. because when the times get tough, you can't get through, you know, to thriving and flourishing unless you can survive. So we can't do without it. And I, I remember a, a part of a quote from Albert Einstein, uh, who said, in the midst of great crisis um, lies great opportunity. Well, I think we've all felt this way, you know, at times. So um, sometimes we just can't see the opportunities through all the demands and hardships in our lives. Uh, my hunch is that those are the times that we're most likely to be like we've talked and discussed before, hungry, angry, lonely, and oh. tired. Well, and you even know, afraid. That's right, Anna. That's right. You know, when we're depleted, our fear-based interpretation of the world takes over, you know, and the old beliefs, the habitual thinking, the old behaviors, you know, that tunnel that we've talked about, all of a sudden is present in our lives again, even if we've been able to um, move it aside at other times. During those fear-based times, it shows up again, you know, and we begin to see the world through lenses of scarcity. And, and so there's this sense of there's never enough. There's never enough time or money or health or love, you know, and this frame of the world can become fixed. And, and when it becomes fixed, it tends to perpetuate our fears and our, doubt, our doubts, our resentments. You know, we find ourselves isolating more and actually resisting any change process. So life is feeling really like a threatening place. And so we're always scanning for safety. And during this time, we very often have a number of excuses why we're stuck. And this can sometimes actually perpetuate that, that sense of stuckness. Yeah. Dr. Jane, this sounds very bleak. You know, how do we move out of it? You know, how do we bloom? Well, you know, Anna, it requires that we face into the challenge. You know, that we ask ourselves, who's in charge of this life of mine? And, and really take back what we have control over. You know, surviving is, is where we might start, but the question is, is this where I want to stay? You know, it's important to tap into the, the gratitude that we've survived, and yet, you know, is it enough? Is it really enough? You know, what, what is keeping our life on hold? Um, what's in it for us to remain in this surviving mode? You know, and sometimes it's, it's about, it's familiar. And so what are the excuses that I use to keep myself stuck? And what do I have control over? And really looking at what, what is outside of my control, because that needs to be our focus. And this is really where we challenge our choices 
and we challenge our actions, which are absolutely essential for, for transforming this really kind of stuck mindset. What are we looking for specifically? Well, we're looking for the excuses, as I mentioned, you know, that justify us not seeking that highest part of ourselves, our, our purpose, our longing. You know, we really have to turn toward, you know, am I projecting blame outside myself for my unwillingness to change? Um, and sometimes I have an attachment to a certain comfort of the familiar. So, or, or I could be kind of anchored in needing to be right or adhering to maybe old beliefs that are, that are no longer useful to me or old habits that are no longer useful to me. Or sometimes I'm, I am closed off to opportunities. I kind of lack the openness to see possibilities. Um, and sometimes I, I might have a fear of doing things differently or if I did things differently, maybe, I, maybe I'd fail. Well, those are some heavy duty blocks and barriers. Well, yes, they can be. But to face them and, and, and own them with a new kind of awareness and, and also self-compassion, you know, because we really have to have an open heart to this, open to ourselves. The impact is powerful. Um, it means leaving the familiar, which can be scary, yet it has potential. It has so much potential to move us from fear to action, um, to remove the lenses of that scarcity you know, knowing what we have control over, what we don't have control over, really claiming and taking on a lens of abundance that says, you know, may maybe it is possible. Or, or like we've said before, you know, why not me? You know, and shifting our, our life philosophy, shifting that, that view I have of myself in the world. You know, yeah, I can, I can do this. You know, and, and this allows us to experience more compassion, more empathy, um, you know, increases our emotional uh, intelligence, you know, and, and it also opens us up to the faith that we need to really step into the journey um, from merely surviving and into the call to thrive and eventually flourish with courage and perseverance. I mean, it's, um, it's an amazing piece when we begin to recognize and, and really use this new kind of open, growthful mindset, you know, that's anchored in honor and integrity, and that allows us a vision to see the possibilities that weren't apparent before, you know, and the confidence to begin to seek, seek these things for ourselves. Yes, well, listening to you, it sounds like the, a veil lifts, you know, this is when we discover hidden dimensions of ourselves and possibilities along with the energy to act on them. Well, yes, I think you. I think you're absolutely right. You know, we feel a strong clarity regarding what we have control over, and and we really opt for collaboration rather than competition, and and this nourishes our sense of purpose and also our creativity. So this shows up differently for everyone. It's very very individual, but the common thread is that it's tied to our sense of life purpose. So not so much you know, what we're going to do now, but how we want to live. Um, we're determined to thrive and we're open to, to all that's going to support and foster the quest to survive. So at this point, we're ready to enter the change process that we uh, discussed in 
our conversation choosing to wake up video. Well, yes, and that always starts with present moment awareness. So we're deciding that we no longer want to reside as a survivor, right? Um, if, there, if there was one question that we could get the ball rolling, what would that be? Well, I think probably uh, something like um, turning toward our lives and, and really asking, what are, the, what are the three main things that I allow to get in the way of me being my best and highest self? I think that's where we can start. Because this forces us to see really how we're stuck with in the familiar and, and how it keeps our lives on hold. Um, so our move to thriving challenges every aspect of our lives when we ask these three questions, um, or this question with the, with the three components. You know, it, it may include um, things like minor actions, you know, things like, uh, well, I need to lose weight or I need to get to the gym or I need to answer my emails promptly. You know, and these are all good starters, but it runs much, much deeper than that. You know, thriving rewires the neural system. It changes the brain. It requires a, a personal resolve to target every aspect of our lives, mental, emotional, physical, spiritual, you know, occupational, relational even recreational, you know, what we do for fun and entertainment. Thriving is a whole person endeavor. You know, we, um, as we create it in our life, you know, we feel more purpose and we feel more vitality, um, more creativity. You know, it really, it really raises the quality of life in general. So thriving is not about acquiring possessions, but doing different things which may be uncomfortable at first because they're not familiar. And this results in a more vibrant life. That's what you're saying, right? Yes, yes. And, and we must embrace the change across multiple dimensions for the long haul, you know, over time. You know, fortunately, we only have to do it one day at a time. But this energize, is energized with an attitude of gratitude, you know, a gratitude that we're recognizing a new path and deliberately choosing to follow it rather than opting for that old, easier, softer way of the familiar. So it sounds to me like, you know, so many components involve knowing and staying tuned into ourselves. Yes. You know, as survivors, we, we have to know what our strengths are and also what our weaknesses are. You know, it, it's important that we know how we're unique, you know, and, and also when am I operating out of my best self? I have to know what's, what, what nourishes me, what, what, what depletes me. Um, who are the survivors in my life? You know, and am I spending time with them? Do I know the qualities that really make them survivors? You know, and it's also about knowing our passions, both those that are recognized and unrecognized, you know, and choosing activities and, and looking at what activities I've already been involved in that utilize my strengths and my skills and those passions. Um, and it's also about knowing when to say yes and when to say no. So all of this enters into the design and the plan to address you know, various parts of life and, and make the revisions and the um, corrections and the changes that are necessary. So Dr. Jane, let's toss out a few things that are supportive of this process. Well, sure. Um, first of all, taking time to, to really thoroughly explore 
how I want to feel, not just what I want to do, how I want to feel. Um, keeping track of uh, my peak experiences. When have, I, when have I been operating at my best self? You know, that really thriving self and remind myself of this. And what were the main ingredients of those experiences? I also, and we've talked about this in the past, Anna, the whole idea of the vision boards. You know, these are wonderful supports to help us anchor in the change process and really maneuver ourselves into that best part of ourselves. You know, and also seeking inspiration, you know, inspirational quotes. You know, you're wonderful at sending those, you know, across the, the text. And I, I look forward to them every day. Also podcasts, inspirational seminars and, and uh, webinars. Um, and also to continue to seek action outside of our comfort zone. You know, try on new things. And I also want to say that humor and playfulness, a lightness in our life, can also add the vibrancy that we need to persevere. And, and last but not least is loving kindness. You know, I'm a firm believer in saying a meta meditation, a loving kindness meditation on a daily basis. I think it's enormously helpful. Yes, I know that's been very helpful for me over the years. I love those uh, loving kindness meditations are wonderful. You know, surviving, surviving is often doing the same old, you know, same old, same old and wanting these things to be different. Um, and, you know, thriving is what puts us out on a, on a different track of being all that we can be the best version of ourselves. So where does flourishing come in? Well, you know, Anna, the, the words thrive and survive are oftentimes used interchangeably. You know, although thrive is, is um, a verb and, and flourish can be both a noun and a verb, um, they're often, you know, used, as I say, interchangeably. Um, flourish comes from the Latin root, which means a flower. You know, and in our original analogy of, of bloom where you're planted, you know, I spoke of nurturing the seedling. Um, so that it can mature, so that so that it can reach its potential, and and we also have hidden potential, as I've mentioned, you know, and that hidden potential can be actualized in the proper conditions. So for me, flourish really captures the deepening process that moves us from surviving through the multiple dimensions of thriving, um, which is where we find our positive stride. So we're moving from surviving into thriving. We're finding our stride really into new territory and operating from my best and highest self. You know, and it, as, as we experience this over time, we often find ourselves, as I say, deepening into the process. And, and in deepening, there is this continued um, unfolding of our highest self. And we're often called to do things that we never have imagined we were capable of. You know, things like living a certain standard of excellence or social activism, you know, those are just a couple examples. You know, there tends to be this, this kind of unfurling of our gifts and our talents, you know, and it may take us by surprise, you know, and this is the flourishing. We become, we become with this unfurling, the ultra, ultimate bloom that we were meant to be wherever we happen to be. Dr. Jane, I'm so happy we had this, this this conversation today. You know, I really do sincerely believe that we all have such hidden talents that we haven't, you know, discovered yet. So I think after this conversation, we're all ready to flourish. 
And I want to remind our followers that they can also enjoy our episodes on our new podcast. Thank you, Dr. Jane. Until our next conversation. Thank you, Anna.